One thing I bet that any pop culture fan has felt at one time or another is that sort of bandwagon irritation, especially if you are of a certain age. And let's say that you were hot on board with the deliciousness of Christopher Walken since Annie Hall. And suddenly everyone is talking to you and telling you decades later about how amazing and strangely sexy Christopher Walken is. And did you know that? And you say, yes, I knew. I know better than you. Or switch him out for Liam Neeson's Circa Excalibur. For my brother, it is the popularity of the zombie. I think someone's lying to me, he said. My brother's name is Damien. He lives in Brooklyn, over the phone. Is there a song that has both zombies and puppets in it? I don't think so, I said. Which, of course, would have irritated bandwagoners that were down with They Might Be Giants far before the rest of college students everywhere. Put your hand inside the puppet head, I said, mentioned zombies. Damien was silent. Crap, he said finally. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure, I said. Do you want me to go check? No, he said. Now that I think about it, I'm sure you're right. Crap. I owe somebody 20 bucks. I'll talk to you later. And he hung up. He didn't have to tell me who the someone was. It was his friend Isaac. Isaac and my brother have been passing the same $20 back and forth through a series of pointless bets for years, ever since they first met and instantly bonded over the fact that both their names were the names of murderous devil children in movies. Isaac from Children of the Corn, and Damien from The Omen. Plus, my brother was born a few days before Halloween. Isaac was born a few days after. So they were collectively fixated on the holiday and all things scary, and in finding out details about what the other person's scare button was and then exploiting that. I suppose there are worse things you could base a friendship on. Damien was thrilled when he met Isaac because he had finally found someone who understood the importance of playing what will you do when the zombies attack, and who would play it as tirelessly and enthusiastically and, above all, as seriously as he did. This was way, way, decades way before the zombie nonsense of today. The time to play what will you do when the zombies attack is whenever you find yourself in a new environment, like on a bus, visiting a museum, in a school, grocery store, mall parking lot, friend's house, bar at night, anywhere. You look around and then you ask yourself, what would I do if the zombies attacked right now? You can play the short version of the game, which is best when you're by yourself. And that is to just quickly glance around and determine where the zombies would be most likely to enter from, who they would probably go after first, whether there was an obvious exit route with no sudden corners that more zombies would surely be hidden behind, or if it looked like you would have to stay and fight your way through, what, immediately within your reach or means, you would best use as a weapon. The choosing of the weapon was really crucial, and also a mistake a lot of people made. And the mistake was to select something flashy or high-tech rather than the most brutally close-range repeat attack tool for the job. My brother, honest to God, almost teared up from joy, when he saw the scene in Pulp Fiction where Bruce Willis is about to escape the Sato Dungeon pawn shop and he stops and he picks up the bat and then switches the bat for the chainsaw and then switches the chainsaw for the samurai sword because that sequence in every way perfectly encapsulates all that what will you do when the zombies attack stands for. 
except for the fact that Bruce took way too long deliberating and would have certainly had his head bitten into while he was admiring workmanship, but you can chalk that up to artistic license. Certain circumstances were no-brainers, so to speak. In a car by yourself at a stoplight, zombies attack, you just floor it and you don't worry about taking zombies out by hitting them or anything. You just go, 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 go. And if you're stupid enough to have an open moonroof in a world where zombie attack at stoplight is possible, you don't fully deserve to live through the apocalypse. But just close it really quick because even if you didn't see one climb on top of your car, it is 85% certain one did and is about to reach their bony hand through the moonroof. 70% chance there's actually one in the back seat, a small one, that you didn't notice before. So it's probably best to keep a telescoping baton in the glove compartment. Speaking of which, if you're under zombie attack and you see a cop and his back is turned away, do not go up ever and ask him for help, because when that cop turns around, he will 100% be a zombie. There's a spot in our hometown in Wyoming that Damien calls the zombie trifecta. It's a small inner city graveyard, all fenced around with short, flimsy black wrought iron. The graveyard takes up one corner quadrant of an intersection. Directly across the street from the graveyard is a crematorium. And on the other side, diagonally across the intersection, is a taxidermy shop. One block behind the whole setup was St. Ignatius Medical Research Facility, or as my brother called it, the Hive. Just a few days after they had first met, Damien and Isaac were walking to the rec center that bordered the hospital on the side opposite the graveyard, and Damien decided it was time to ask that all-important level of faith and friendship-determining question. So Isaac, he said, what would you do if the zombies attacked right now? Isaac's expression didn't even change. Huh, he said, well, I'd assume they're going to be coming from the research labs down the way, and then they'll spread out through the graveyard. Or that waste from the lab seeped into the ground and contaminated the graves themselves, so they pop up from there. That's probably more likely. I'm going to say go in the rec center, because there's only that one main entrance and no windows, and then the entrance to the hockey rink around back. But we could block that. Um, with a Zamboni, and then we could arm everybody in the place with hockey sticks and actually probably stay near or on the ice, because if zombies do bust in, I'm guessing they won't be able to move on ice very well. So you'd lure them onto the ice, and then you'd whack their heads off with the sticks. That'd be awesome. You could also tie two skates together by the laces, yeah, and then whirl the whole thing around, and it would be like a deal for slicing heads off. My brother didn't say anything back, because truly... What needed to be said, except for the unspoken, and that was, truly thou art my kin, and forevermore, my friend of friends. That might be a childish topic to bond over, but think what you like. You go ahead and see how far smugness gets you when every TV and radio station in the land all are broadcasting identical frantic messages of either static or the green mist continues to spread. Citizens are urged to stay inside their houses and not open their doors to anyone, not even the mailman, especially if you cannot see the mailman's face. The zombie alert has moved to orange. Please keep your three-day supply of food, water, shotguns, and duct tape, and await... (laughs) Because he knew he could depend on Isaac in the event of zombie attack, Damien revealed some bits of his psyche to his buddy that he might not to the average friend. 
and Isaac did likewise. This is a big deal for guys to do. It's a gesture of respect and especially trust. It's like if you're a superhero and some guy showed up and helped you carry the flood victims to safety and you say to him, thank you, citizen. By the way, I'm Jack, the copy repair guy, and just between us, salt water will kill me. Since he was very, very young, the monster creature that scared my brother the very most was the Headless Horseman from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So much so that if he heard the clop, 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 clop of galloping hooves but didn't immediately see a horse, he had instant dread visions of the horseman's headless cloaked form bearing down on him from somewhere. I can't turn the handle on a jack-in-the-box, Isaac admitted to my brother. Isaac had seen one too many movies where the jack-in-the-box handle gets turned and the plunk-a-plunk-a-plunkety-plunk sounds and pop goes the weasel and something pops up that is not a weasel. Something pops up that's damn well not supposed to pop up like a hand or a skeletal hand or a knife-holding hand, oftentimes. But sometimes it was a screaming thing or a jumping living thing. Even when it is the thing that's supposed to be there, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's like about as bad. Isaac told my brother. I was watching my little cousin the other day, and we're sitting on the floor in his room, and he's going ba 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 with all his toys, and I'm just going like, yeah, oh yeah, there's a little dude. Oh look, here comes his car, vroom, kind of thing. And I'm making some matchbox cars go and stuff, and I look up, and there's my cousin, and he's holding out a jack-in-the-box and smiling like he wants me to do the thing for him. And I'm like, Cameron, you know what, buddy? No way. And he's like, jackbox, ba ba ba. And I'm like, dude, Check it out. Here's a little stuffed doggy dude with the hat on. Don't you want to play with him? And he keeps holding out the damn jack-in-the-box. And I'm like, Cameron, it's not going to happen. Put the thing down. And I'm looking behind me for more toys. And I hear plunk, plunk, plunk. He's trying to turn the deal himself, but he's like not coordinated enough. And he'd get bored and he'd play with something else. And then he'd go back to the thing and he'd turn it like one or two deals more. Plunk, plunk, plunk. Play, 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 bears and shit, bears and shit, talking train guy, plunk. And each time I heard plunk, my heart, I swear, just went doof. Because I was like, is this the plunk where the guy pops out? Is this the plunk where the guy pops out? And I was trying to put together how many I'd heard, you know, to figure where we were in the song. Plunk, 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 And then if you time it just right, continued Isaac, you can hold your hand closed over the top so it pops just a hair and you snap it right back shut so you don't even have to see the goddamn whatever's in there. But I couldn't wait and I couldn't be sure where we were in the song and I, I lost it. I grabbed the thing and I just started cranking the deal around super fast and Cameron's like, ah, man. It's like, plunk, 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 and pop up comes a clown. The goddamn blue polka dot wearing red hair, red a piece of shit. I threw the whole thing across the room in the closet as hard as I could. Cameron's all crying and it makes the big thunk when I throw it, because it hits the back wall. So I, I threw it so hard, it, it bounces right back into the room, and it's lying there on their side. And the fucking clown's still out. He's looking at me, and I'm like, no, I've seen Poltergeist, and I grab Cameron by the arm, and I grab a big armload of toys, and I just haul ass out of there, and I leave the thing on the floor, and I slam the door. Damien, shut. And you, you know what? Uh, you know what? I'm not going back to that house. I'll wait till Cameron's too big for toys. Clowns are bad, agreed my brother. Do you know what clown in particular, though? Raggedy Andy. Because he's kind of a clown, right? I mean, what is he if he's not a clown? And think about it. There are millions of them, and they all look alike. And some of them are made in stores, but you know how most of them get made? 
You know how all of them got made originally? Sewn by old, old ladies. You take the round face and the red yarn hair, triangle nose, checkered shirt, blue pants, red and white stripy socks, freaking sailor hat, everybody, and everybody knows, oh, there's Raggedy Andy. That's not right. That's not right at all. The stripy socks are the giveaway that he's a clown, observed Isaac. He's trying to fool you with the rest of his outfit into thinking he might be a farmer or a sailor, but there's only one creature that wears red and white stripy socks, and that's a clown. Or an elf, said Damien. Maybe, said Isaac, but even then that's usually green and white. Hermie the dentist elf legging things were red and white, my brother said. No, said Isaac. Hermes were solid red. No, said my brother. They were definitely, yeah, they were definitely red and white. Solid red, said Isaac. I bet you 20 bucks. Now, as young dude friends, there was no point in sharing or debating any of this information if they couldn't count on the other person to use it to full provoking advantage. And Isaac and Damien did not ever disappoint one another. Isaac would open his locker door to find a jack-in-the-box on the top shelf, handle poised to pop at the slightest bump, with the clown inside, eviled up a few dozen degrees facially with the help of marker pen and model paints. My brother found a raggedy Andy peeking in over the edge of his bedroom window two flights up and then looked outside to find that Andy was on a ladder and about 20 more Andys were set in various climbing up the ladder positions and scattered around the ground at the base. Jack-in-the-box clown heads were carefully positioned on Isaac's driver's side sun visor so that they would rain down on him the first time he went to adjust for glare. Late at night, my brother's phone would ring, and on the other end would be nothing but the faint sound of galloping hoofbeats, and then a jack-o'-lantern head would smash into his front door. Which is never a nice thing to have happen, regardless of your particular phobia. But at least the door was not a door that fronted a rickety old farmhouse set by itself in the middle of a huge, long-grassed field in the middle of nowhere with a musty, unfinished cellar, screen door, creaky front porch, and lots of broken windows. Because then he'd be screwed. Happy Halloween, little pumpkin.